The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with me and for checking out the show and for your continued support. I say it every week. Well, I've said it a few weeks in a row. You guys are kicking ass and I appreciate it greatly. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Make sure you take time to check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., located in the Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I have to say Louisville because I have noticed that I'm getting some fans or listeners or supporters of the show that do not live in Louisville. So that is where the show originates from. I am in Louisville, Kentucky, for those of you that do not know. For those of you that do know, yeah, I know, you get it. No shit. Uh, This is kind of weird for me. I don't do intros to my shows. I just hit record and whoever I'm hanging out with is in here with me. Or if I'm doing a solo show, I just start talking. But now I have to talk about a show I've already done, which is weird. Anyway, this is part two of my conversation with Scott Clark. Uh, And man, we had a blast when he was in here hanging out. Uh, We talked about all kinds of stuff. That dude's got stories for days. Uh, Learned a lot about him, which was awesome. I always learn about people that come in and hang out with me. And I learned that uh, the radio business is just like the music business. Full of shit. But whatever. It is what it is. So if you have not checked out part one of my conversation with Scott Clark, you need to stop this now. I'll wait. And go check that episode out. When you get done with part one, come back and check out part two. Uh, We get into all kinds of stuff, like I said a second ago. And we talk about what Scott is listening to. uh, His stories from the stage and the booth, meaning the radio booth. Uh, Because like I said, he's got stories. This is going no. What am I talking about? Who even cares? What? You know what? Here's part two of my conversation with Scott Clark. Zimmerdonna, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who get, calm down can't we all just get along apparently not I guess not alright All right. so let's move on to stories from the stage booth thingy mabob alright from the stage really? or from the really music which one you want that was good no the fucking music oh just... I forgot I'm sorry So I cut you off mid-sentence about because you started talking like everybody does. You tell me you listen to my show and then you forget about the music. The music's the best part of the show. But you don't play anybody's music but your own or some weird shit. Play who's relevant to the show. I can't. Yes, you can. I don't have that kind of fucking money. Steal it. No. I can't do that. All right. I can't do that. All right. Well, everybody else does. All right. Yeah, but I'm not everybody else. That's why I'm O'Reilly, motherfucker. What you got now? What you got? What you got? What you got now? What you want? 
What you want? Yeah, that's what I thought. What you want? What, what you want? I play my own music. I don't give a fuck. I do play my Sue own. Sue me, motherfucker. I do play my own music. Sue me. <laughs> I do play my own music. Everything on the show's mine. What I was going to say is, I called it Stories from the Stage Booth because I told you I was going to tell you a story. But you get to choose from the booth or the stage or both. I'm going to do both. Sweet. You want the stage or the booth first? Booth. So... I set up, again, I was director of promotions for the Fox, and we had a Disturbed show at Jillian's. Bobby Burke was a showrunner. Refresh my memory. Jillian's was Jillian's, uh, where Diamonds Silo. is now. Yeah, Diamonds is now. Okay, all right. And they had the whole building, and it was, okay. Jill, it was a franchise. I never got to see it when it was yeah, Jillian's. Yeah, yeah. And it was a franchise around the uh, uh, eastern part of the United States. Oh, no, I've been in one. I just was never in that one. Yeah. So I played Eric, a couple Eric, of them. Eric Sanford is a great friend of mine, Bobby Burke, who now works for uh, Bullet Bourbon. Great friend of mine. Gotcha. He was the showrunner. Eric Sanford was the general manager. They basically took my first meeting with my wife where she wanted to make sure that I wasn't a douchebag. I shouldn't say douchebag. She knew I was a douchebag. She wanted to make sure that you weren't a perverted creeper fucker that was going to well, take knew her in the that. woods and kill you. Kill she wanted her. to make sure I wouldn't kill her, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Was there, and our 13th anniversary was uh, on the 21st, and I even told Eric Sanford that. Um, so there was a gig at Jillian's with Disturbed. Now, I was uh, the director of promotions, and I was also middays at the time, and Vanetti was doing a lot of time off, so I ended up doing a lot of mid, or I'm sorry, afternoon shifts. Right. Because Vanetti was doing some other stuff with work. <clears throat> and uh, so I had to interview David Draymond from Disturbed. Now, when I did an interview, I did my research. Right. I went back and looked. It's was like, all right, what's... You know, anybody go, so how's the new album, buddy? Well... Hey, tell me about that guitar tone. Yeah. Huh? Oh, you're the singer. I'm sorry. You know, people did that shit all the time. So right. I went back and did some research. And I called... I'm not going to say who it was at the time. Breaking Benjamins. Um, <laughs> tour manager. And said, give me a story about David Draymond. I'm going to interview him today. And uh, Joey Scalari from Hollywood Records is who it was. I'm telling you, he didn't give a shit. So I told him, hey, he goes, to this show. ask him about winning the horror contest for OzFest. And I was like, what is that? He goes, they had an award for whoever the biggest whore was of all the bands. Like fucking, uh, I feel bad, uh, having sex with chicks in, you know, on the band. Why who, would you feel bad? I'd feel bad about saying it that way. It's misogynistic. Anyway, so I did some research. He said that, and I. So David Draymond comes in. I give him a full on interview. And when I interviewed bands uh, on the Fox, I interviewed them in two ways: as a musician, cover band, as a musician. And as a fan. Right. And as the average person who would want to know something different. And I'd never wanted to be the guy that went, hey, tell me about the tone. Hey, so your great record. Is this on? All right. They're typing on their keyboard and doing the old radio. Right. Zoo. Blee, blee, and the yeah. monkey, monkey. I never no, wanted I to do that. I always tried to be engaged and know something about them. So right. they knew that I knew who they were. The whole Nikki Six thing where I talked about I knew... Brides of Destruction. Right. He immediately went, this guy knows my secondary project. Which, by the way, for people that listen to this show, if you haven't heard that record, go get it. It's, go find it. It's, it's good. A, people forget that Nikki Six was the worst bass player ever and the greatest songwriter of the 80s. 
I don't know if I go with worst bass player ever, but he is a much better songwriter than he is a bass player. They tried to fire him in Motley Crue. And Doc McGee went, he writes all the songs, you can't fire him. Make him sound good. (laughs) This is a true story. Doc McGee told me that story. No, 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 I've I've heard that story too. But you've uh, heard me talk about the Blue Cabinet behind you. No, the Brides of Destruction record is in there. Oh, and, and the rest where's of all CDs. your where's all your uh, laminates and lanyards? Oh, I'm such a star fucker. That ain't shit, son. You should I, come to my recording <clears throat> studio and see mine. I, I know it's not shit, but you know the mine, cool. Mine you know why probably, I keep those? You know why I keep those? Because you can't sell them. Motherfucker, I can't give those fuckers away. <laughs> I can't give any mine away. I keep them for a couple reasons. The total squirrel moment. I've never been signed. I've never been under a contract of any sort with any band. I've never been in a management deal. I have never been... I've been scouted. A couple of bands I was in been scouted by management, this, that, and the other, and I was offered... You heard the story about me being... I was supposed to be the drummer for Crossfade. I fucked that up. Every time I've gotten close, something either fucks up, or it just gets broken down for whatever reason, but I've never done anything on a, quote, national level or anything big. I keep those lanyards because every one of those, I fucking earned. That's why I keep them. You know why I keep mine? Because you've done cool shit. (laughs) It's all I got. Those are my memories. And by the way, the guys in Crossfade, Mm -hmm. good friends of mine. Mm. Great friends of mine. Ed... Do you know the Crossfade story? I don't. I would like. Now listen. The, are you now? Before we get into this, were you supposed to replace the second guy or the first guy? Because Ed and I can't think of the bass player's name. Um, I can't remember anybody's name right now. But Ed, Ed the singer. Those guys. I literally. They used to call me. Did all you the, use the L word? Literally. Good job. Um, I'm gonna do something unorthodox. You're going to talk, and I'm going to walk to the blue cabinet, because I'm going to pull something out you've never seen. Keep All talking. Right. All right. Uh, He's so, talking about Ed. No, no. Ed uh, from Crossfade and I became really good friends when they came in town. They came in the, their first tour when they weren't even famous yet, when they had uh, uh, Looking Back at Me. I can't think of the name of the song. Cold. Cold. Uh, they came in town. We became friends. I ended up hanging out with them three different times. Saw them at the uh, Radio Music Awards that we were talking about earlier. Hung out with them. Uh, and then when they would come in town, they would call me and ask me to get them cocaine. Uh, and as a director of promotions of a radio station, whether you did it or not, that's what you did. Uh, and so a friend of mine, I would like to just refer to as Tony the Man. Knew them so well that the third time they came in town, they didn't call me. They called Tony the Man and Tony the Man called me and then we showed up together. Uh, the last time that happened was at the old Cardinal Stadium. But the guys from uh, uh, Crossfade, I, if you go to my recording studio right now, there's a picture that they all signed that said, Scott, blow kills. And they all signed it. Now, they had original drummer, and they also had a DJ that they both they fired both of those guys and they got a second guitar or I'm sorry second drummer that's on all the pictures that you will see from the first album and the second album. Now if you don't know Crossfade, I don't care if you like it or not. It's like Nickelback. Their out al- that album is amazing. It is still in my shuffle. It's still in my play. I love those guys so much. Uh, 
and I'll look it up later, but Ed's the only one I can think of. I remember uh, at the Radio Music Awards, I'm at a uh, blackjack table, and I'd already done the whole thing with John Waite and Nikki Six and Run DMC and everybody else, and then Ed comes walking. I was like, oh, hey, hey, Ed, what you doing, man? He's like, the fuck you doing here, man? I was like, same reason you're here, motherfucker. And so back we are with Stephen O'Reilly. He's going to show me two CDs where he probably played. Oh, no, 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 no. no it's no. it's nothing that cool. It's I think this is cool because it's a little known fact. Everybody, and this is what I am holding because I don't have a camera in my fucking studio in here. You got to have one. This is, I know, a lot of people tell me this. This is All the. Right, that's Ed, that's the DJ. Oh, that's the DJ that yeah. got fired. Right. <clears throat> he looked like Marcus Buff. That's Buff the Bagwell. bass player I knew. Yeah, he looked like That's Buff. Ed. He looked like Buff Bagwell. The he got of. fired and he got fired. Right. Well, right before the album came out. Right. Now, what I want you to notice the is DJ what I'm was... holding in my hand was the second half of that because that one's broke. That's the single, Cold. Look at the name. Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy Superstar. This that I'm holding in my hand, Sugar Daddy Superstar, is the actual crossfade record. When they got signed... They took that record that Ed did in his basement and they re- remastered it, repackaged it as Crossfade and released it. This is the record that you have as Crossfade. This is the first version of it. Are you playing on it? No, I'm not. But here's the point I'm getting to. We all were playing in separate bands in Columbia, South Carolina in 2001. That's where they're from. Now, you know, I grew up in Myrtle Beach. Yes, I know. Ed, when they got Ed signed. And Mitch. Mitch is the other one I knew. Yeah. When they got signed, they Matt Pinfield was their A and R guy. Pinfield, like from yeah, 120 P- minutes. Yeah, he was. He worked for Columbia. He was their A and R guy. They he said he was going to sign him. He signed him. They got signed to Columbia Records. Came out as Crossfade. My band at the time, S Tribe, which the intro song to my show is from that band, S Tribe. We used to all play together. And Ed said, "Dude, I mean, we would do bills together. I mean, not play together together. They were." We would either open for Sugar Daddy or they would open for us. We just did. We were all playing all the time. What was the name of your band again? S Tribe. Okay. And this was uh, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. So long story longer. Long story longer. Their drummer decided he couldn't go. He, he, I can't do the record thing. I'm out. Ed approached me and said, we really want you to be our drummer. And I went, I really can't because we're being looked at by Sony. So you had to pass it up. I had to pass it up. Sony didn't take us. It would only been three uh, years anyway. Our singer quit, and they're on Ozfest. I know, but the point, the reason that I've all these things, it's it could have, might have, yeah. And it's every now and then I have a girl moment. About once every five years, I get really drunk and depressed. Totally bullshitting you. I never you shouldn't. Do that. They're all working at Taco Bell or some somewhere else now, well, what, and that's terrible. It, it was a great two. They had two great albums. Those records were amazing. Really good. They were really good. the first Crossfade album, mm-hmm. literally. But I've literally, I've, literally. But I have talked about this on the show before, and you're the first person that I've actually dug them out for because I keep forgetting to get them out. Living proof. I'm not making this up. Sugar Daddy Superstar. Look at the dates. It's I, dark I'm, in here, but. I, I agree. No, I do. So that's that's my and uh, and I uh, I mean uh, it's one of those things. That Death like, trendsetter. So, yeah, it's 
It's like how no, can I can I sit here and so tell you the close? I can tell you the tracks on that album and how great they were. And he recorded those in his garage. Yeah, I thought Ed it was his basement, but yeah. No, no, he well, said it, he this, told me it was his garage. It, either one, what, him and Mitch, six to one half, a and dozen the, the, the the DJ that yeah. they fight because the DJ started getting all ego. Yeah, got rid of him, but they and they the drummer couldn't do it. Yep, and they got another guy. Yep. Uh, I was the blonde to guy. Be the guy. That's hilarious because the blonde guy. We were all friends. Yeah, they would come. When you think about that time back then, we they would come to town once a year. Yeah, and they would, you know, how cool is it? And I'm not, I'm not cool, but how cool is it for when you know, the bass player or the singer or the drummer from Crossway goes, Scott, tour bus is pulling in. Make a phone call for us. Be right there, man. No, That's it is cool. It was fun. Well, back at the time. Here's how this comes full circle and becomes sad, and you'll laugh. <laughs> oh, Let me tell uh, the story, okay, asshole. I'm sorry. God damn. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dude. I was laughing. You asked me to laugh. No, I said you, you're going to laugh. Okay, I'll wait. About four years ago, maybe five now, but about four years ago, Crossfade, which is basically Ed at this point, played Phoenix Hill. So Stacy says, you got to go. Because, of course, as my wife, well, we weren't married at the time, but we've been together a decade. Yeah. She knew the story. I was like, no, nah, I'm not interested. She goes, no, you need to fucking go. You know everybody in this town. They're going to get you back to wherever they're hanging. I said, I don't want to go. I'm not interested. She said, you're going. So she dug out my ass tribe record, and she dug out this record, and we went. So I showed up, and he's there. And the last time he saw me, I had hair halfway down my back. He hasn't never seen me bald. So we go, and we show up, and I walk up to him, and I said, you're never, ever going to remember me. So I just stuck the two CDs in his face. And it was that moment he had where the human that was not completely whacked out of his mind on fucking drugs peeked at me for about 30 seconds and went, oh my God, I remember you. He didn't really do drugs, by the way. I mean, he did drugs, but not like Mitch. Well, but you get my point. Yeah. He looked at me for about 30 seconds and he was like, dude. And then it was gone. I tapped into his human part for just a second. And then and he was, it was gone. gone. And then he got on stage. They were awful. And then we went home, and I didn't say a word. Stacy, God love her. She knows me. She sees that look. I'm just, he's being quiet. I'm just going to shut the fuck no, up. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say nothing. He I'll might smack me. No, It's never. offer said a gentleman. Never, no, never, I would never, never touch never, a woman. Never. And you shouldn't either. No, I fuck no. But besides that, Stacy will whip my ass. Yeah, For the my, wife, my wife ain't putting up a no shit. Oh, hell no. My wife will whip my ass. Uh, everything's in my name. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so by the time we get home, she all she said is she goes, are you okay? And I said, yep, I'm good. You were expecting it. I was, kind of. I was kind of expecting it. But to put this whole bow on the story of where I'm going, I have said for years, and I could be wrong, and I've said it arrogantly, but I've said for years, if I could get my foot over that threshold... And let people see what I do. Don't care about being famous. I could have make a good career from behind my drums. I've, that's all I've ever said. Never. I mean, yeah, I want to be a rock star when I was a kid, but I don't give a shit about that now. If I could get my foot across that threshold, that would have been my foot across the threshold. And it didn't happen. It never happened, and I was that close. And I've been that close a billion times. But the 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 irony is when I see him or when I saw him a few years ago, I was like, you had the fucking world. It's How your, did you piss it away? I think it was the industry. I, I think mean, it was partly the industry, but it was also partly they, them. I, I agree. I agree. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You do that much you, blow? 
I'm gonna make you very sad. I was the exact opposite. I have I have the best musicians in the world in my band. I'm the worst musician in the world. No, you're not. Uh, no, no, I am. No, no, you're uh, not. No, what I do is I outwork people, and I put more effort into it, and I become the guy that runs the band and does the management part so I can be in that band with the great musicians who end up being my best friends in the world, but I'm a terrible musician. And I'm at the point now... You're not terrible. Stop saying that. I'm at the point now, I have no desire. <laughs> don't want to do it. I, do, I, I cannot stand learning songs anymore. <laughs> just can't. I really don't. So when whatever Will retired for the 14th time, <laughs> so happy. We started talking about doing Rage Against the Machine or the Slave Against the Machine thing with me and Ryan and Chuck and right. Jamie and John Anderson. And I'm like, God damn, I'm going to have to work. Now, that's the one thing I will still do because I formed this band. I've chose those guys. Right. They're all friends. I mean, we've been friends for 20-something years. Right. So I'll still do it. But I have realized how untalented I am. Can I do my... I have a thing that I do on stage. That's fine. I have a thing... I. I, I can sing harmonies that people can't do. I can do bongos that people can't do. I can play drums, percussion, guitar. Give me an instrument, I'll play it. That's fine. But I'm so untalented that I have to work so hard to do a song on stage with someone. I don't have the desire to do it anymore. I'm only going to focus. That's why I've spent $30,000 on a recording studio in my basement. And I've yet to record one song. I'm almost. I'm close. <laughs> I've almost got everything I want, but I'm like, I won't record one song until it's all set up and ready to go. Right. And I, and I have 20 songs that I wrote. I'm ready to do. Nice. But they were all. They all sound like shitty Guns N' Roses songs from 1987, <laughs> or weird bad Lenny Kravitz songs from 1991. That's fine. I'll reproduce my redo them. And but until my studio where I can walk in and push a button and start playing. Right. Whether it's drums, guitar, bass, whatever it is, I don't give a shit. I, I'm not going to do... I'm going to play every instrument by myself. I'm going to do every song by myself for the demo. And then I'm going to get real musicians to come back in and do it. All right. Well, at least do me a favor and stop saying you're talentless. I've seen you play with my own two beautiful eyes. That's right. I just they said I had beautiful. beautiful eyes. I'm staring at them right deep now. into them right now. Don't do that to me. Okay, sorry. <sighs> you are not talentless. You're fucking good. You're better than you give yourself credit for. That's enough of that. So, did you finish the story from the booth? I'm not going to lie. I don't. David Draymond. Know. Oh no, I did not. David Draymond. See? David Draymond. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I, 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 Get, I digress. Dude. So I David Draymond, you did. Thank you for doing it. You're welcome. So David Draymond was playing. We're doing a show at Jillian's. I booked the gig yep. with the guys from Jillian's. Yep. It was basically my I got kicked out of my own gig. David Draymond came in. I'm doing a live on air midday. I'm sorry, not midday, afternoon, afternoon. drive time. You're asking him about your out. I'm doing his and I said, and I looked up a bunch of stuff and I asked him great stuff about uh I can't think of his guitar player's name. I was like, hey, how are you all so tight? You're all you all, you you know, your drummer and your guitar player are rhythm section without the bass player, which is very rare. It is. And that's one of the things I loved about da, 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 the staccato of yeah, Disturbed. that's what makes them work. Oh, the da da ba 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 da 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 ba ba. It was a 
killed me how great they were and he basically said Danny I think is the guy's name the guitar player for Disturbed. even if you told me I couldn't yeah, remember yeah. but he was basically gave it all to him and said he writes everything does this so I had looked up about how he was voted the biggest whore of Ozfest. Now he came in with his fiance. So I specifically <laughs> found out the date of this Ozfest trophy and found out when they met to make sure that the two of them weren't together at the time because I didn't want to put the guy on blast right. and bust his balls in front of his fiance. And so everything worked out. So I basically asked him, so tell me about this thing on OzFest where you became the biggest whore. And he jokingly was like, blew it off. was like, ah, oh, that was a long time ago. No, it didn't happen. Da, da, da. And I didn't push him on it. I didn't say anything else. And I said, now you're I, on air. I went, when did you guys get together? Oh, how'd you meet her? I tried to make her part of the conversation. And then I went back to the, con- I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being that guy that said, Hey, your boyfriend, which your fiance was fucking other chicks at OzFest when you, this is before they met. Right. So I was trying to be cool about it. And uh, so the, the, con or the uh, interview finished he walks out and i'm literally sitting editing the interview putting it on air and i get a phone call from the program director he goes i need to come back to my office i'm like okay that's never unless you're in trouble that doesn't when your program director says i want you to record your next break and then come back to my office and he goes uh jillian's just called you're not allowed to come to the concert tonight like what he's like yeah uh, evidently he said something with David Draymond and pissed him off. And he said if he thinks that you're there, if he sees that you're there, if he smells you there, if someone says that he thinks you're there, he's going to cancel the whole fucking show. You're not allowed to go. And I went, fuck, am I in trouble? And my boss went, it's the best fucking interview question I've ever heard. <laughs> You asked what a fan wanted to hear. You went out and did your own research and found something. It was the greatest interview question I've ever, I've been doing this my entire life. It's the greatest interview question ever. But like Frank, who I was talking about earlier, uh, uh, Frank Webb goes, he walked out and goes, I don't know who that fucking cocksucker thinks he is. He can't believe he asked me that question in front of my girlfriend. And Frank went, yeah, but you all work together. He goes, I don't fucking care. Fuck that guy. I don't ever want to see that guy, fucking guy again. So then Bobby Burke from now with Bullet, who was the showrunner at the Jillian's, calls me and goes, you just got kicked out of your own concert. I was like, it is my concert. He goes, yeah, you're not allowed to come. And so the next day he calls me and goes, I want you to come down and meet me. I was like, oh, I thought I was in trouble. He goes, no, no, no. Give me a big, huge glass of bourbon. He goes, here's this. Here's your backstage pass from last night that you're not allowed to have. <laughs> so I got kicked out of my own concert for asking the best interview question ever with the biggest asshole ever, evidently. And if, as far as I'm concerned, fuck Disturbed. Yeah. I like, no, they were, that was a great band. They wrote great songs, uh, but. No, 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 no. No, I was, I was agreeing with you. That's that was a I great kind of question. There was nothing inappropriate about, about that question. I went and did research. As you should. Most people would go, hey, about the, tell me about the guitar tone. Hey, yeah. what kind of pants are you wearing tonight? Yeah. Ah, what's your favorite song? Fuck you. I asked him something that actually happened that a tour manager from Breaking Benjamin told me. Actually, it was the vice president of Hollywood Records. It wasn't even a tour manager. Told me to ask him. You won the award for being the biggest whore at OzFest. What was the trophy? That was the question. Well, I wanted to know what the trophy was. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What? Ooh. Mr. Kata, Mr. Kata. 
Apparently, she was a trophy. Oh! oh! She was the trophy. She was the trophy. And that's why he didn't want to answer the question. <laughs> mm. All right, let's go back. Biggest uh, from the stage. Yeah, story from the stage. Now everybody knows that I've been in a band and friends with Frank Green for, I can't tell you, I mean, I've texted and talked to Frank to every day. Uh, one of my best friends in the world. Never heard of him. Never, no, no one knows who Frank Green is. Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> we once did a, uh, uh, everybody joked about him looking like Sasquatch. If you know Frank Green, he got a Sasquatch looking motherfucker. He t- kind of can't we be. T- we took, uh, have you seen our bass player and t- pictures of Sasquatch. But I superimposed his face, so it was actually the old Sasquatch picture, with his, and put it all over TK's pub, and everybody loved it. Anyway, he's one of my best friends in the world, and I love him. And if, if there's if any issue that I have a problem with, if I'm, you know, my father's dying, my mom's dying, my cousin's got died of heroin, whatever it is, Frank's the guy that I talk to. So I want to make sure everybody knows that this is my best friend in the world. When we were in whatever will together, he would secretly, at least once a weekend, take the fog machine hide it and aim it at my face and he was the guy in charge of the fog machine with the foot pedal and so at least once a weekend unbeknownst to me i'd be all jamming out with my do my rock face and a big fog would come across my face he did it every least way but he would secretly do it once a weekend every weekend and everybody, in the, he, he wouldn't tell anyone else in the band. Right. But when it happened, everyone would die laughing. So, like, the whole band would, like, stop playing the song partially and go to a knee and laugh hysterically because of where Frank had positioned the, the fog machine to blow in my face. So, one night on New Year's Eve, somebody gave us confetti. So, it, we're playing New Year's Eve. We're at Phoenix Hill Tavern. And Frank goes, hey, Scott. And I turned, you know, I'm playing on the, uh, I'm left-handed, so I'm on the stage right. And I would go, what? With my face wide open. And he took a handful of confetti and threw it in my face. And this was like little dot confetti. So it covered my entire mouth, (laughs) any part of my face that was wet, which included my eyeballs. True. So I want to be mad. I want to punch him. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Scott, stop playing. Not that anyone gives a shit that I'm stopping playing the song. And I would go to my knees and I'm laughing hysterically because I literally can't literally can't breathe. I can't breathe through my nose. I've got confetti on my eyeballs sticking to my eyeballs. And I'm just it's at some point I just stopped moving. And just went to my knees and started blinking until all the stuff was out of my eyes so I could see him. And I'm still laughing hysterically. Two months later, it's his birthday. I think it's February or something like that. Right after New Year's. Right. It's his birthday. Somebody gave him a bunch of cookies. Chews up a whole mouthful in his face. Hey, Scott. What? <laughs> and spits the cookies. It goes all in my face, all in my nose, all in my eyes. I can't see. I can't play. And I'm laugh, laughing on the floor. So I'll never forget. And both of those were at Phoenix Hill Tavern. So my retort, my reply, whatever you want to call it, to Frank was, in the basement of Phoenix Hill, they had, it's like a, f- a fucking... Phoenix Hill had a basement? Hmm. Anyone that's listening to this, if you know Phoenix Hill has a basement, you've been down there with me. That's all you need to know. Oh, yeah, said Barry White. Uh, anyway, I would go down there and they would have canned goods from the 60s. Phoenix Hill had a basement. 
Phoenix had a basement, and if you know it, you are with me. And they would have canned goods for the restaurant upstairs. Right. They were so old that no one could use them, and they would never take them upstairs. But they used to have chili con carne in half-gallon cans. So whenever Frank would do, like once a weekend, he would do the smoke machine in my face, I would secretly put a can of corn, chili con carne, chili beans. When he wasn't looking, I would put that on his amp. So the fat guy in the band had a big, huge can of <laughs> beans or chili con carne. Oh, I'm the fat guy. Oh, that's fucking funny. Fuck you. Yeah, we just put smoke in my face. You spit confetti in my eye, you son of a bitch. One of my best friends to this day. Still, I talk to him every day. Almost every day. I'm going to text him. Chili con chili carne. carne. That's all you got to eat. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Chili con carne. Phoenix Hill really had a basement? They did. Uh, and here's a great story. How did you get there? You Don't would say wa- go downstairs, motherfucker. Well, obviously you had to go downstairs. If you went in the back you door from prick. the... Remember the, uh, the coat room? Mm-hmm. If you'd walk in that door or from the back bar... There was a little ramp that came up and then back down. And on the last, when whatever we retired, it was our last night. We played our last show. This is our first retirement. On the last night, everybody knew that I went down there with girls. Even my wife knows. That's where I would sneak down to, or to, I just did the international symbol for smoking weed and the international symbol for, I think you know what that means. <laughs> Uh, so I would go down there. So on my last night, Frankie. Please explain, Mr. Uh, Clark. Frankie. I, I sit here and give you a whole list of people that did this. Frankie and uh, God. Uh, man. But let's just say Frankie. And all the girls of Phoenix Hill. And I can't. I don't want to think about your names right now. Uh, I, didn't ever, I never did anything with those girls. This was all groupie girls. And this was my thing back in the day. When I went down there on the last night, there was a blanket, two rubber gloves, Condoms, two candles lit, Vaseline, a blanket, a pillow. I think that was it. But I went. They basically had a shrine because I was going to go down and bang some girl. Right. But they had a shrine for me downstairs, <laughs> and I came upstairs with all the stuff in my arms, crying, and I thought it was so sweet that they thought I was such a misogynistic motherfucker. Like, oh, you guys are sweet. You got all this stuff for me to rape someone. It's a rape kit. You bought me a rape kit. And I never did anything like that. I was not that bad. Hashtag me too. Uh, nobody was never a participant, as far as I know, as far as you know. Um, but no, they know. Uh, they made, basically, I mean, think about it. You walk downstairs and there's blanket, pillow, rubber gloves, oh, Vaseline, condoms, candles. Oh, I forgot. Champagne. That's Champagna. 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 Do you like Champagna? Uh, the Continental. <laughs> because he's crazy that way. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll never forget Phoenix Hill. And I'd actually have, I bought a, I went to the Phoenix Hill when they, uh, when they were tearing it down, and I got a brick for everyone. So, everyone in whatever will has a brick oh, nice. from Phoenix Hill Tavern. Nice. Yeah. Well, the bar, the saloon bar. Yeah. Is in Bear Nose in E Town. I know. I figured you, I knew you know, but of course some of my listeners may not know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then some, there's someone on Facebook right now trying to sell that old, uh, the car that was out in front. No shit. Yeah, it's on Facebook right now. Oh, huh, that's crazy. Yeah. So before we move on to what are you listening to, I told you I was going to give you an ugly story. 
Yes, please. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh. when I first met Kevin McCreary, God rest his soul. God love him. That motherfucker. Man, it was tough. For everyone. I've never seen someone impact so many people. I don't either. That, let me do my Kevin McCreary impersonation. <laughs> That's Kevin. <laughs> That's Kevin. Never heard of him. Who? There was one? Or, or, or my favorite one, he used to do that, and then he'd stop. He'd just cut himself off and go, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Who, love, is, who is this? I love it, motherfucker. Anyway, I don't get it. So he turned me on to a lot of people on the scene because I met him, obviously, teaching at Mom's. And he gave me an ugly CD. He was in Ugly at the time. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. This is great. I have two copies of that record. I love that record. Uh, so anyway, he gave me the, the record. I'm kind of jamming on it, and he, he comes flying. This is probably two, three months after he gave me the record. So about, I guess about a year after I'd been here. Kind of putting a half-assed timeline on this. He comes flying in my teaching studio one day, and he goes, Hey, what are you doing in two weeks? And I went, I don't fucking know. And he goes, Learn the record. And I went, What record? He goes, The ugly record. I need you. And he shuts my door, and he leaves. And I've got a student in my room, and I'm like, I can't fucking... You're going to hang on, kid. So I run down to his room. I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I need you to play a couple shows with Ugly. Learn the record. I went, okay. By this time, I'm I'm getting all amped up because I love that record. And I had seen him play a couple times, and I Joe is just a consummate front man. Love that fucking dude. Great singer. <coughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm not saying he's not a great front man. Anyway, it's about me. You shut up. So, I learned the record. We have two or three rehearsals. Everything's cool. Everything's going great. Pack up the drums. Pack up the van. We all jump in the van. We're heading to Detroit to the machine shop to open for saliva or somebody like that. I don't remember who it was. It's irrelevant. We hit a fucking ice storm on the way. Gets stuck on the side of the interstate. Joe goes to save this woman. There's probably three or four, well two now because one's dead unfortunately but there's two witnesses that watch Joe Joe's going to help this chick and he's screaming at the OnStar lady transfer trucks are all killing each other and me Frank and Kevin are sitting in the van cracking ourselves up laughing at everything because we're stuck in an ice storm I never once got to play with him I did three rehearsals so Donnie got right after that no Donnie I, I was Donnie's quote replacement I don't remember if he was leaving or if he was let go. None of my business because I don't remember and I don't fucking care. But when we came back from that trip that never happened, Donnie was back in the band and I was out. Hmm. It was the most bizarre thing ever. Don't know that story. But it was so cool. Yeah. Ask Frank. He'll tell you. I'll have to ask him. Yes. You know. He'll tell you. It's it. Re- I'm not making it up. It happened. Ask I mean, Frank. These are my best friends in the world. Yeah. I did not know this story. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait. I will call Frank on the way home. Yeah, it was. It was February of. It had to be 2008, maybe. Donnie's the best worst drummer of all time. 2009. You always say that. Technology's the best worst thing. Oh, Johnny yeah. Holland's the best worst drummer of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I always say I'm that. sure I'm no. I'm sure I'm no. Already, I'm sure I'm no fun to play with either. Uh, we we almost fought. We opened for Coolio a couple years ago, and him and I almost fought. Who you and Donnie? Yeah, he was being a dick. 
So I grabbed him by the arm and I had slippery cowboy boots on. He's like, you going to grab me? And I was like, swoop, right off my feet. I was like, I got my ass whooped. I didn't have a chance. I didn't have a, I, just, I was trying to find somebody with the wrong booth. He was being a dick. And we talked about it the next day. I was like, you're being a dick, but I shouldn't have put my hands on you. Uh, and I was wearing slippery boots. <laughs> I love Donnie. No, Donnie came to my house the other day. He knows I'm kidding. Uh, I love Donnie. I do. I love Donnie. I love Frank. Love Sean. Open for Coolio. Coolio played my bongos. Like, hey, whoa. Hey, Coolio. Be touching my bongos, man. I'm just kidding, Coolio. Go ahead and play the bongos, man. <laughs> play my bongos. Your, your hair looks really weird right now. Go ahead and play the bongos. It always looks really weird. Brian Fox is uh, the, that Fox... Fox Bash. Uh, oh, God. So much fun. I've, I've been there three times. I've played it twice. Not going this year. Hmm. I'll be out of town. I wanted to go. I'll be out of town. It's all right. That's so, fun. we got one last story, right? No. We got more? I'm, I'm ready. I we got, got tons. We got, we got one more segment, unless you got another story for stories. I ain't going nowhere. I got shit. All right. So then, in that case. What am I listening to? There you go. All Let's right. Let's move on oh, to. Here's my favorite thing. You know, think music, about music, motherfucker. I'm gonna go music. I'm gonna go podcast. Too. No music. No podcasts are more important. But I want to tell you, Scott, focus. Music, the music of the show, motherfucker. Here's my favorite thing. I have bought three st- or four iPhones. You're still missing this music. I have oh. to put the music All right, in. Go ahead. All right, wait for the music. Here it goes and scene. All right, now that I've actually corrected you, and I'm not editing it out. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you listening to? <laughs> what you got for me? My favorite thing is this. I've uh, I've worked for Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. I went from Olinger to Glaciers to Southern Glaciers. I've been with the company 10 years. I've never worked anywhere 10 years. Right. Over that 10-year period, they bought my phones and iPhones and everything like that, and I keep continually upgrading for the cheapest possible iPhone with the most possible data available. So I've got like a 67,000 gig iPhone 4. I don't even know what it is, but I do it for one reason. Because I like to put, I've got, over the years, I I probably have 10,000 CDs. Right. like a lot of, of very eclectic music. So what I do is I just keep loading CDs onto my iTunes right. and downloading it on my phone. Right. Somewhere about four or five years ago, uh, probably three years ago, I found the shuffle feature. It's like, it's a DJ of my music. <laughs> I just hit shuffle, and if I don't, eh, I like that song, but I don't know, hear something else. Forward, 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 forward. I love that song, and I'll listen to it. So my what I'm listening to is whatever's on my shuffle. And I love it. Nice. And that could be, I'm a huge Kiss fan. I know that you are as well. Mm-hmm. We, sh- we could actually come back and do a whole nother Kiss episode. We probably could. Oh, no, I guarantee you. Since you heard Ryan Murphy's oh, episode. Oh, they don't know shit about Kiss. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say since you heard Ryan Murphy's episode. Fuck Vinnie Vincent. Carry on. Fuck Vinnie Vincent. I, you know, he looks like a woman. He does. It's Vinnie. Vivian. Vivian Vincent. No, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, so we anyway, can do a whole. Sure. Anyway, so I my favorite thing on music is my own shuffle of my songs from my CD collection. That's awesome. No one gives a shit about that. Now here's what I'm listening to. I have 
I used to host the comedy caravan every Friday night, the comedy show. Right. And I always thought I could be a comedian. I think you could be. I did. Because I would... I, I, it's not like I don't have funny stuff to say. It's not like I can't write jokes. I wrote a sitcom. Go to IMDb and look up Scott Clark and you'll see where I wrote a sitcom. The real one or the fake one? The real one on this one where I wrote a sitcom with Todd Blankenship and another guy named Dan DeJulio. We did a sitcom. We won the Melrose sitcom. We won some award. Right. But it, we, we made it. It never got picked up. Right. But we did it. So if you go to IMDb, I don't have my picture on there because I'm not going to pay the $250 a year wow. to have my picture. But there's an IMDb page where I wrote a sitcom. Nice. Uh, it was terrible. And you and, probably and, didn't hear what I said, but I love me some Todd Blankenship. I love Todd Blankenship. He's another one of those guys in whatever will. And, He's a good dude. Uh, we actually jokingly call my attic, unfinished attic, that's the Joey uh, <laughs> Joey from Friends. That's yeah. the Joey of uh, Sweet. <laughs> And now that he's married a girl from uh, Malaysia, or not Malaysia, it's uh, from, uh, but doesn't matter. I say it's the uh, Blankenship Wing, or as I like to call it, the Blankenship Wong, <laughs> which is a great sitcom, sitcom joke. But anyway, um, what I listen to now is comedy podcasts. That's all I listen to. Really? All I mean, I'm a liquor salesman. I drive my car all day long. I got a lot of what we call windshield time. And all I listen to is comedy podcasts. Nice. I found Jay Moore's comedy podcast from the Jim Rome show, which was just a sports show. I, I would I was actually on after Jim Rome on KRD for years. Right. And I became a fan of Jim Rome show. He was on there as a slam man, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I started listening to when podcasts came out. He had a podcast, the Jay Moore More Stories. Yeah, More Stories. So I started. I, I've listened to a lot I, of I, his I Still, he's on my list every week. From there, I met a guy named uh, Ryan Sickler, who's a comedian from Baltimore, who's right. in L.A. now. He does the goddamn comedy jam. He's a producer on a bunch of different shows, and then his buddy um, uh, Jay Larson. Who's right. been in a few movies? Right. He was also on the uh, Esquire TV show, yep. Best Bars in America. Yep, I know. What he's so about. it's Jay Larson, Ryan Sickler. It's called the Crab Feast. And I'm telling everyone out there right now, go get the Crab Feast on iTunes and start from the very beginning. I can't wait for Tuesday, not <laughs> Tuesday. They call it Tuesday. 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 <laughs> They're on every Tuesday, and I listen to this podcast every week. Nice. And what they do, it's imagine two comedians that have another comedian on every week, and they just talk about stories, just like you and I've sat here and talked all night. Right. It's stories. Right. And we've had a great time. We had, and Absolutely. I would say something, and you would tag something on. There, what what makes their show so amazing is how a comedian will say something, and then the two guys, just like I told you, you. Ask a question, you get out of the way, right? Then you come back and add your own thing to it. Right. That's called a tag, right? So they have all these little tags that come back, and I will go online and I become friends with both of them on Facebook and on Twitter. And when they say something that just makes me die laughing, I, all I have to do is tag, t- 
tweet or whatever to back to them what they said as a tag to the other comedian's joke, and they know exactly what I'm saying. Nice. It's called The Crab Feast. The Crab Feast. The Crab Feast. Ryan Sickler, Jay Larson, they both have comedy specials out right now that are available on iTunes, that are available on uh, uh, anywhere you can get social media. Right. But it's called thecrabfeast.com. That's my favorite thing. I cannot, my wife even calls it, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Not Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday. And it's called the Crab Feast because he's from Maryland. The other guy's from Boston. They had another guy that started the show before all this happened. It was uh, Matt uh, Fulcheron, who's another uh, comedian. Right. And they started this crab. And I went back and listened to the uh, Crab Feast before it was the two guys. It was Matt Fulcheron. And then Ryan Sickler was kind of the side guy. Right. And now it's it's uh, Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson that do the thing. And it's amazing. I'll have to check so it out. if you want to, if you like a comedy crab feast or a comedy podcast. I see what you did there. If you like a comedy crab feast. If you like a comedy. Well, first of all, I like a crab feast. I love me some crab. I'll break, I'll break some crabs off in your ass just to eat some. That sounded really weird. Really? Did, that's, really that's gross. That's, Thecrabfeast.com. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I basically do is listen to uh, podcasts all day long. Uh, Adam Carolla uh, is the show that I listen to every day. The Podfather. Uh, the, he is the Podfather. He's the Podfather. Uh, he is the Podfather. And, and brought Bald Brian like and uh, Gina that. Grad. Oh, no, no, no. You, you have no idea. I listen to that every day. That's my every day. Then Corolla has a uh, podcast with Mark Garagos, the lawyer. Mm, never heard of that one. You don't know Mark Garagos? Uh-uh. I don't know. Look it up. You'll know who it is. He's okay. representing Chris Brown. He's representing Colin Kaepernick right now. They do one every Saturday, which basically, they ended up living down the street from each other, and they like scotch. So they, they, they're like, yeah, let's do a podcast. That's how that shit works. Pretty so much. Corolla uh, Digital and uh, Podcast One have been a huge influence on me. So I listen to that every day. And I have the uh, Garagos. It's uh, Reasonable Doubt is the name of that podcast. That happens on Saturday. And then every Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday is the Crab Feast. Uh, and I still have Jay Moore. And then Jay Moore's manager, uh, whose name's Barry Katzman. And that's the way he talks, man. He's represented everybody from Chappelle. I mean, if you look at uh, Barry Katz's, uh, I mean, Louis C.K. All these, all these uh, people, all these uh, comedians. The very beginning, their first manager was Barry Barry Katz, man. (laughs) Hey, man, listen, man, you don't need me anymore, man. And he would let them move on to bigger and better things because he knew they could do better than he could. Right, amazing. But he has, uh, he has. Uh, Barry Katz has a couple phrases that I gotta say on your podcast. Go ahead. If you're undeniable, you can't be denied, man. <laughs> it's a, what? That's great advice. If you're Absolutely. undeniable, you can't be denied. Absolutely. And I said this in an interview at work a couple months ago. My job is to create holy shit moments. That's what you do. If you're a musician, if you're a comedian, no matter, True. create holy shit moments. True. No, I, I dig it. I've created quite a few of those. Holy shit moments. Holy shit moments. Uh, so go get the Barry Pat, uh, Bear, Barry Pats, Barry Pats, Barry Cats <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Industry Standard. Nice. And then obviously Adam Carolla. Right. Obviously, uh, Jay Moore, more stories. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, 
number one of all time, baby. Not the pod father. Everybody knows Adam Carolla show. But my favorite show of all time. And I literally can't wait for every Tuesday morning when I... Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday morning. And I went. I flew out to L.A. to see uh, Ryan Sickler. Nice. And I get called his manager. like, we got a part for him on this podcast or on this uh, sitcom. Uh, I'd like to meet him. So I got on the guest list for one of his shows in L.A. And he went outside and goes, and I was like, hey, hey, playa. That's one of the things he said. He was like, oh, hey, you're the guy. He's on the guest list. Hey, give me a hug. So nice. these are guys, they actually know who I am. They respond to me on Twitter. Nice. So if you ever see me talk to Jay Larson or Ryan Sickler on Facebook or Twitter, it's because of Tuesdays. Tuesdays. The Crab Feast. And that's nice. the one you need to go to. Well, I think you should... Uh... I think you should totally check out the Bar Star podcast. I think that's another good one. I've, I've heard it's pretty cool. It's certainly, here's the best part about your podcast is, I mean, just when you asked me to do this and start looking at some of your podcasts, you had, you messing with my glasses? Oh, you had I was just Dave Moody, old friend. Never heard of him. Who? Uh, Chuck Deering. I'm in a band with the guy. Mm. And who doesn't love Chuck Deering? I know Ryan right. Murphy. I'm in a band with. I bet he's played with me more than probably any other drummer other than Donnie Highland in my life. Right. Love me some Ryan Murphy. Love and then Jesse Ryan. Vest. My Jesse Vest story. I wasn't gonna let you forget. Look no, at you. This is gonna be the last one, Jesse. And this is this is 25 years ago. So I'm not putting him on blast or anything like that. So How can you put Jesse on blast? Anyway, I'm not, he's so I'm not, nice. I don't. I would never do that. No, but, but that's but what I'm saying. Story, he's so nice. He's got to remember this, and it's it's he's got to remember it. And I hope he finds it funny. And I don't would never want to disrespect. No, Jesse. no, no, no. I would. And I, I don't think even, he would find. He's not the kind of guy. He doesn't give a shit about me. No. So he doesn't give a shit about me. My ex girlfriend I was living with at the time was very close friends from Fern Creek with his ex wife, the mother of. The 18 year old you all were talking about. Yes. So he's at my house in Linden, uh, which is in the east end of Louisville. Very safe part of town. Right around the corner from where I live. Yeah. Right. Literally down the street. And uh, where it's her birth, my ex girlfriend's birthday party. So they're there. A couple of guys, I think uh, Matt or Todd or some of, the, some of the other guys from Days of the New were there. And a bunch of our friends were all hanging out on the deck. Kids, we are, everybody brought their kids at the time, and I think the 18-year-old was probably two or three at the time. So it was basically a birthday party with kids in Linden, and Jesse basically goes, I'm going to walk out of the car. And as he's walking on my deck, I can see in the back of his shirt something moving as he's walking, and I realize he's got his gun. And I'm like, that's... That's weird. Uh, well, I mean... The guy, you know, days of the new, he'd gone through a lot. I'm sure he had a reason to have a gun. But I walked up to him and I patted him on the gun. I didn't just pat him on the back of the butt. I patted him directly on the gun. I was like, he's like, I'm going to go out to my car. So I walked out and I went, patted him on his gun. I went, why don't you put that in the car too, man? I was like, you're at a kid's birthday party in Linden. No one's going to fight you, man. I got you. That's my Jesse Vest story, and I love Jesse very much. And uh, and I'm so happy with him and the Crashers, and I'm so happy that uh, you know we all talk about how we meet so many people and can't remember anybody. Right. The fact that Jesse knows who I am makes me feel good. It makes me smile. <laughs> I love me some Jesse Vest. Who do doesn't too. love Jesse? I I, uh, I was pretty. Um, I don't know what the word is. I was super stoked that he wanted to do my show. 
And I was super stoked he wanted me on his show. I got to go check out his show. You, I didn't even know he had a show. And now that you said that on your show, mm-hmm. I got to go back and check out his. Yeah, he his show is really cool. Now he doesn't um, he doesn't release regularly. He he does basically his own schedule. He's a super busy dude, but he's had everybody from the Crashers on there and a couple other people. Uh, he did one with the Crasher sound guy, which was really cool because I had no idea the stuff that dude's done. Uh, Dave Desenso. Yeah, Dave DeVincent. Sorry, I'm sorry. You are correct. Yeah, he worked. At, he worked at uh, Dave QMF. DeCenso is a De, fucking DeVincent. No, 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 no. He worked at uh, QMF when I was there. Right. What I was going to say is Dave DeCenso is a drummer up yeah. in New Jersey. Dave DeVincent. Yeah, DeVincent. Great guy. Great yeah. sound guy. Yeah, great, great sound. Great guy. broadcaster. Yeah, but his his episode was really really cool. I went to go back and listen to that. Yeah, but when we were in here hanging out and, and doing Jesse's show, I, I told him before I even pushed record, I said, listen. You have a reputation for not talking. So if there's anything... It was amazing. Well, that's what I said. I said, if there's anything you don't want to say, you, you do whatever you want. I think he had a problem. He didn't. He just no. looked at me and he goes, you just push record, buddy. And that's what I did. <laughs> it's funny. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't see him very often. But when we see each other, we know each other, obviously. Right. His, his, the tone of his voice... I had forgotten he's got that. He's, he's got so a very mid range. He's got a very mid rangey kind of. He's so smooth. And I can't think of who his voice sounds like, but man, who doesn't love Jesse? Oh, I, love I mean, Jesse. to go through what he's gone through and be the one, the one the guy one in that band besides Todd. Yeah, two out of four. Yeah, I mean Todd. Todd's pretty much got his shit together. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny story. If we can just finish on one Dude, last you, thing, you got plenty of time. Um, I'm not in a hurry. My uh, my sister up. has gone through <laughs> cancer. Uh, she had her cancer was funny enough. They go to the state fair every year, and my brother in law and my sister go to the state fair on the first day every year and have a mammogram and a uh, colonoscopy because it's free. Gotcha. So they go every year for 21 years. They went on the 21st year. They told my sister, "There's a little spot. It's so small. There's no way it's cancer." But when they do that, they send it to your actual doctor. The doctor reviews it. And for 20 years, they said nothing. On the 21st year, they went, that's the smallest dot. There's no way it's cancer. Let's come on and take a look at it. Right. Well, the dot's still there. Then they did a biopsy, and it was cancer. It was the size of a ballpoint pen tip. Like, if you pressed on a ballpoint pen, the tip that came out, that was the size of my sister's cancer. They cut it out immediately. Cancer free, but they made her go through chemo. Right, made her go through radiation, but who knows? I mean, who who do you go talk to? Right. When's my hair gonna fall out? Do I need a wig? <laughs> How much is a wig? Where do you go get a wig? No idea. Right. So I called a buddy of mine whose wife had just passed away from cancer, and I said, "Man, I my sister's going through this. I don't know what to do." And he goes, "There's a friend of mine in Louisville. I know." And he sent me the information, and it turns out that it was my friend's. Uh, fraternity brother his wife owned a cancer shop she had gone through it and she had a little cancer shop which happened to be a half mile from my sister's house right down the street Damn. right here it's called Awakenings it's on Chamberlain Lane right off Chamberlain Lane right there at that uh, little shopping center by the uh, BP oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 I know what you're talking about and I called her and I said listen my sister's not going to deal with this very well she doesn't we don't know what we're doing we don't know who to talk to she said, come on in. I'm going to bring two people in here that have already done it along with me, and we'll talk her through everything. Uh, Heidi Fullerton took care of, F- Fuller, F- Heidi took care of everything. 
And then got my sister a couple wigs because my sister was kind of in denial that her hair was going to fall out. I was like, Lee Ray, I don't want you being in the shower on your way to work and pulling out hair in clumps and freaking out. I want to make sure you're prepared ahead of time. So she went. Luckily, weird enough, I called Heidi and she said, oh, your sister already called me and set up an appointment. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I went and took my sister. We had drinks. We had lunch. We went and got Manny Petties. I know that sounds weird, but that was what I did with my sister. Uh, had more drinks and then went to Heidi's and I brought bottles of wine for everybody. <laughs> and we drank and got my sister a couple wigs. And then literally, 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 the next week, her hair started falling out and she already had her wigs. Nice. Now, while Heidi. Not nice, but nice. Yeah. yeah Heidi's so nice that she came to my sister's house while her hair's falling out. And cut her wig to make it look exactly like my sister's hair. And then convince my sister to cut her hair right then and there. It's going to fall out. It's the one thing that cancer can't take from you if you decide to cut your hair. So my sister cut her all her hair off, had the wig, everything was ready. While we're standing there, sitting there, uh, sitting there talking, she goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. You ever heard of Days in the New? And Tadra, I'm like, I, I know a couple guys. <laughs> it's uh, her... And her husband are best friends with Todd Whitener and his wife. Uh, and I'm like, gotcha. Text, 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 text. <laughs> You're never going to fucking believe who I'm sitting with right now. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> picture, 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 picture. So I've gotten to reconnect with Todd Whitener from that. Nice. So it all goes back to the uh, Jesse, Fe- uh, Jesse Fest. Jesse Fest. Fest or Vest. Vest. Uh, podcast. So. Yeah. No, it's, no, so was, I go that back. was a lot of fun. Uh, and Matt Tall is still cool. He might be crazy and on drugs or in prison. I don't know. And uh, and uh, uh, Travis is nuts. Great talent, but nuts. I've heard but Travis is thank nuts. Thank God for uh, Jesse and Todd and Matt. I've heard Travis is nuts. I, uh, I've only, like I said on that episode, I've only met Matt twice. Uh, he's a good dude. Yeah, he was up for... Got his problems, but he's a good dude. Well, he was up for... My replacement in Heaven Hill when they <laughs> fired me because they're so fucking smart. Where's that band at? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, anyway. And they're all still friends of mine too. They're all. We got past all that, and we're all still friends yeah, too. But, I love them all. But whenever I can throw them under the bus, under the bus, You've they go. A, he's got a podcast. I do. Anyway, they. Uh, I met Matt, and, and he. It was in mom's one day, and he walks up to me, and he goes, Are you O'Reilly? And I went, Yeah. Who are you? Because I'm always defensive. And he said, I'm, I'm Matt Tall. Those are days of the new. Tantric. And I went, Oh, okay, cool. Very nice to meet you. And he said, I was supposed to replace you in Heaven Hill, but I couldn't do it because of house arrest. Nice to meet you. I got to go. <laughs> Angel bracelet. Out the front door. Angel bracelet. See yeah. ya. And I gotta get back before it goes off. And that was it. He out the he, out the door. He went, and I went, okay. And I, that was really bizarre. I, I gotta also comment. <laughs> how is it possible that you're in a band with my cousin Chucky, as we call him in my family, Chucky? Mm. Please call him Chucky from now on because he hates it. Because I'm Scotty and I hate that, so <laughs> call him Chucky. And I know he's Irish. And your last name is O'Reilly, and you have Todd O'Meara. Mm-hmm. I would assume Liam Smith is also Irish. Well, Liam is damn sure Irish. He's red hair, or he had red hair. His kids, uh, red hair. Uh, and then uh, I don't know Jeff Rogers. He's uh, he could be. He's, he's probably Slavic. He's pretty. he's a commie. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's good looking dude. Great guitar player. Great guitar player. I he's, love your band. And he's good looking. And you're dude. the first band that ever played click track backing tracks that I ever respected. 
Because uh-huh. like you all talked about, Thanks. I was always the exact, whatever will, will never do that. Right. That's, we, we know. Right. But when you all started doing it, I heard other bands and I went, nope, nope, nope. But when you all did it, I went, oh, okay. I get it. It does sound great. It's it's one of the... Thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment. And I had a lot of help trying to set all that shit up. Ryan it, Murphy. <laughs> well, when I first started getting into it, Ryan Murphy did help. But as far as building the tracks, that was all Adam Young. He showed me how to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. You put it on your podcast. Yeah. Everybody heard it. Calm down. I've never said Adam Young's name. <laughs> no, it was somebody show. else. It was somebody else. Uh, but kidding. no, what I was getting at is, is the one thing I wanted to do... My goal and my vision when I started that whole when I started Gas Money was I want to do something different. I want to do something that nobody else is touching, and or what they're scared to touch because of the backing tracks. Yeah. Now, how the fuck do I do it without a keyboard player? That was the goal and the question. And I think I pulled it off. And I think the vests make the band. It's the vests, not the Jesse vest. The the actual. <laughs> Vest that you all wear with the ties and it's cute. And my my little cousins in your band, I like it. Chucky, Chucky. I want, I want you oh, to, little Chucky Weber. I want you to stay on this microphone and follow me with your eyes. I'm following him with my eyes. He's going into a closet. I think it's a bathroom. It's a big closet. It's a bunch of vests and very nice clothing that he never wears except for I guess when he plays with Gas Money. What's that weird? What's that weird sweater? Let's talk about my dad's sweater. That's what Stacy calls him. She, she's like, you're the only tattoo. Because it's with the Bill Cosby and the stuff and the stuff with the jello pudding and the stuff with the, ah, I got the sweaters with the stuff and the stuff. <laughs> Every impersonation I do sounds like me impersonating somebody. It's not the impersonation. That Your lip was perfect, though. With the stuff and the stuff with the, ah. ah. <laughs> Everything I do, it sounds like somebody else. Stacy tells me all the time, she said, <laughs> You're the only tattooed motherfucker I know that can pull off a dad sweater. I'm like, because I buy cool dad sweaters. I had to tell my entire family, stop going to Kohl's and buying me shit for Christmas. I'm just going to take it back. I'm just going to take it back because you make me look like the cars with the jello pudding pops and the stuff. Oh. Thank you. And scene. Anyway, the, the reason I showed you that, it, it's kind of funny. We um, Somebody was telling me, and I'm not saying somebody because I don't want to name him. I don't remember who the fuck it was. <laughs> but somebody was telling me, they said, you know, you're responsible for all the bands in the in the bars dressing up, dressing better. And I'm like, I'm not responsible for shit. Don't fucking put that on me. And they were like, no, seriously, think about it. You started that whole thing. I'm like, I didn't start anything. I just got tired of bands looking like shit. And I didn't want my band to look like shit. He looked at me and goes, have you looked at bands on stage in any of the bars lately? And I went, a few of the ones that I know and a few of the ones I've seen here and there. He goes, do they look like shit anymore? And I went, touche, motherfucker, touche. <laughs> now, From Paris was the first band that I saw that started dressing up. Yes. And then uh, I always wear my fuzzy jacket. I, I love my, the black fuzzy jacket. The black fuzzy jacket. Love Everybody that. loves my black fuzzy I jacket. That black fuzzy That's fuzzy. Jacket. That's a fuzzy I, fucking jacket. I got to tell you, since we're talking about clothes... Max Maxwell wins for this year. Did you see the pictures of him at the Derby show, the one they just did? Yeah. He had a feathered sport coat. I did not see that. I'm going to have to go find it. He was, wearing, he was wearing all black with a white belt, and his sport coat was feathers. I'll be the first one. He wins. I do love him. I don't know. It's I hate love, I guess. Love, hate. Great band. 
That should be. Love hurts. Remember that band, Love Love Hate? bleeds. How are you on radio and you don't remember the band Love Hate? Because uh, I had 700 million bands that were giving me CDs every day to play on the radio. <laughs> I remember the ones that made me money and were friends with me. Don't remember. All right, fine. All right. I know. What am anyway, I going to say? Well, I got nothing. Well, you, uh, listen, you're all's uh, memory of bands are crushed. One of you all mentioned Crocus the other day. I was like, Jesus Christ, I haven't thought about Crocus forever. Isn't that a bad, weird, like, virus? I'm not sure. What is a Crocus? Really terrible band. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. What are you going to do? Sorry, I can't keep up with everything. What a good time. You have any other questions? I think I covered it all. Maybe too much? We're at seven hours now, right? What time is it? It's eight o'clock in the morning. No, we started this shit at like 10.30. Oh my God, it's 1.30 in the morning. It is 1.30. I haven't been up to 1.30 in the morning without doing drugs and I can't tell you how long. <laughs> I gotta go home. I gotta cross the weird bridge and pay $2. Okay, wait. Let's do Let's do this properly. All right. <clears throat> me, me. <clears throat> well, that's it, kids. <laughs> go do shit. That's the... <laughs> Oh, why does everybody oh, steal my thunder? I stole your shit. <laughs> Go do shit. That's the show for the week. You got anything else? You got anything else you want to plug besides me? Uh, <laughs> Tuesday, the crab feast, first of all. Uh, follow I'm, me on uh, 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 Facebook. At the, the easiest way to find me is Scott Clark Louisville. Because you see any of the uh, bourbon or liquor or wine events that I do over in southern Indiana will be there. And I'm also fake Scott Clark on both Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And his phone number is 502-589-502-2493. Two. Two. Call me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, no, I'll just hang up on you. What the fuck? Seriously, thank you for coming by. Thank, thank you, you for taking I the time. I had so much fun. I've, I I've looked did. forward. It's the first time I've ever been interviewed. It's amazing. It's, and you're really good at this. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. I'm I'm having fun. I, I think I said it. Uh, I know you haven't heard it yet because it hasn't posted, but I said it on the show I did with Eric McEwen. The thing that I love about this the most is learning about people that I thought that I knew. Yeah. That, I know it seems stupid and cliche-ish, but no. cliches are cliches for a reason. Because I get to learn shit about people... Then I didn't know. Interview people as a fan, not a fan boy. What 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 do you want to know? What would your fan? What would people that listen listen to your podcast want to know? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you an exclusive right now. All right. I get to hang out with somebody very soon. Not gonna say it now. I think I know who it is. Yeah. Don't say anything. I'm not gonna say a word. It's gonna be pretty hard for me not to fan boy. Hulk Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Amen, brother. Listen, brother. If you're on acid and you're doing some wrestling, come see me, Betty. It's Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulksters out there. Come on. I told you, every inter- every impersonation sounds like me. Doing an impersonation. Not Hulk Hogan. It's not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but it is one of those things where I didn't know that I would even fall in this position. And I'm in this position and I'm trying not to fanboy out. It's tough. It is. Fanboy. They love it. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Don't 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 suck their dick, but Ew. but, but That's gross, everything man. that you thought about that person, if that you you as a fan wanted to know, what your listeners want to know. I, no, I get nothing that. wrong with being a fanboy. No, there's not, but I don't want to be that weirdo fanboy. 
Hey, so remember that time where you were at the Beatles, Paul McCartney? That was great, man. That's great. That's great, wasn't it? Do you like being with the Beatles? That's great. Yeah. It's great, wasn't it? <laughs> Don't be Chris Farley. Or be Chris Farley. I mean, he was pretty successful until he died of a cocaine overdose. Softballs. Softballs, brother. Well, uh-huh. baseball. He's more. Have you seen my baseball? <laughs> Have you seen my wiener? Have you seen my wiener? <laughs> Franks and beans. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Seriously, thank you for coming by. Thank you, man. I, uh, I had a great time. I hope you did. And uh, Thank you, Todd O'Reilly and Stephen O'Meara. <laughs> yeah. That is the most fucked up shit ever. Chucky, Chucky Smith and Liam Weber <laughs> and Rogers Jeff. It was great. Thank you all. Money Mon- has mo- gas. Thanks, monkey gas. <laughs> I'm in a microphone. <laughs> Monkey. Yes. As I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Go do shit. Mother. Seriously, get the fuck out of here. So until next time, I will talk at you soon. <laughs>